You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my Taste Buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Hey, everyone, and welcome or welcome back to Take About Podcast. I'm Sydney Lucas. And I'm Eli Tokash. And today we have a literal international theater star. She has Ooh. been nominated for multiple Tonys, Grammys, and Olivier Awards. Um, she has been in so many productions, theater productions, and she's also the singing voice of none other than Pocahontas. Today we have on Judy Kuhn who is such an incredible person and and we had such an amazing interview with her and uh, she was my stage mama in Fun Home and uh, I learned so much from her during that time. Yeah, I mean, just within the hour that we interviewed her, I learned so much. She literally touched on Broadway <laughs> and the West End and just like everything. She's She was just a book of knowledge, so we're excited for you guys to listen. So without further ado, Judy Kuhn, Curtain up. Our guest today is a multi-Tony, Grammy, and Olivier Award nominee. She is the singing voice of Pocahontas, and she has been in countless theater productions, and she has shown time and time again the incredible depth and range of her seemingly endless talents. And along with this, she is one of the most compassionate, loving, and genuine people I know. Everyone, please welcome my stage mama, the queen herself, Judy Kuhn. Yeah. Oh my God, Sydney, you just made me cry. That was the nicest intro <laughs> anyone's ever given me. <laughs> I love you. I didn't mean oh. to make you cry. Oh, <laughs> I love you too. I love you, Judy. I miss you. I miss I seeing know. your face every day. I know. I miss you too. I miss you. I miss everybody from our little stage family. Same. No. I know. We're so excited to have you on today. Thank you for giving us your time, oh. and we look forward to sharing this with our listeners. Oh, so well, it's going to be a fun for one. Having me, it's nice. Yeah, of course. Nice to meet you, and to see yes, you. nice to meet you. <laughs> okay, so let's let's just start from the beginning. And it's so cool because I I think you probably have we we were brain when we were brainstorming questions. I think we have more questions for you than we have had for any guests. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> so I don't know how how many we're going to be able to get through. Um, but it's so cool because I've like known you for so long, but there are so many questions in here that I have never asked you. So I, I guess okay. we'll um, no, I can't wait to hear what they are. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so first things first, I want to know when did you first know you liked performing? When what what sparked that passion for you? Oh well, that, I have to go really, really far back for that. Um, to probably when I was maybe even younger than you are now. Ah. Maybe not. All right. Maybe I didn't know that I loved to perform then, but I knew I loved the theater then. Because uh. my parents always took me to the theater and I thought it was the most magical, just, I, I don't, I, I just was so excited by it. And I had this real sense of that, you know, what, what we call this um, suspension of disbelief. Like mm-hmm. I under, somehow instinctually, I understood what that was. I knew that I was watching a group of actors create this world that I was completely enthralled and drawn in by and drawn into. And I think maybe somewhere in there, I thought I'd like to do that, but I don't, I, the first time I really got up on stage and performed was probably in high school. And I really, really loved it. I really loved it. So it's a ways back. So Uh, would you say like watching shows definitely, help that passion you know get into like you leading up to you to performing and stuff absolutely Uh, i just i was Hmm. just um transported by my theater experiences i had when i was very young yeah it's a good word yeah yeah theater is literally one of the most beautiful things anybody can go watch and escape to for the for the two and a half hours that they're able to do so um so cindy mentioned in the intro i mean you are the voice of the legendary Pocahontas. Like that is Sydney and I's childhood. And like, we were like, oh my God, we have to ask her all these questions. Um, So, I mean, that that is so cool. That song alone is literally one of the most classic Disney like songs ever. So like, did you ever imagine that at the time when you were recording it, that it was going to be something that special? Well, you never know, as you both know, as performers mm-hmm. and artists, you never know how something you work on will be received by others. Mm-hmm. But I knew it was a really good song. Yeah. A really good song. And um, it was the very first thing they wrote for that movie before there was a script or anything it was just an idea and I recorded the demo for it so I already knew the song when I was got involved with making the movie oh wow and it is a great song thank god because I've had to sing it a lot (laughs) (laughs) I know I bet if I didn't like the song (laughs) do people still ask you to sing it oh my god are you kidding all the time all the time no way that's amazing (laughs) You know, the other thing that's amazing about that song is that it's, you know, it's outside of the context of the movie. It's a song that has so much meaning and Mm -hmm. it continues to have meaning. And in some ways, you know, I, I, in recent years when I've sung it, it feels like it's even more meaningful now than it was then because of all the issues and things we're talking about and confronting in our world right now about nature, about climate change, about racism and all of those things. It speaks to all of those things. And I, so I, I, I find it a very meaningful thing to sing. 
Yeah, and timeless. Yes, exactly. Timeless. Yes. I mean, it would be nice if there was a time when it lost that meaning because we weren't worrying about those things anymore, but probably sure. not in my lifetime. <laughs> so. <laughs> Honestly, at this rate, probably not in ours yeah, either. Probably not <laughs> well, hopefully some future generation will hear that song and think, it's so quaint. I wonder what that means. <laughs> mm, yeah. That's so cool. You were like the singing voice of a Disney princess? No big deal. Um <laughs> Uh, but we, I mean, we, we got to talk about your just incredible theater career. Something I remember from Fun Home, mm-hmm. um, something that I was so, so impactful for me was you were always encouraging me to take care of my, you know, my physical health, my mental health mm-hmm. over anything else. And, um, if ever, you know, I felt at a crossroads between, you know, feeling guilty because I wanted to do a good job or, you know, feeling as if, you know, I, I, I needed, I needed a break or I needed to, to, I, I guess mm-hmm. maybe miss a show or whatever to take care of my mental health. I would always mm-hmm. go to you because you would <laughs> always just give me this, all of this wonderful advice and you would always like make me feel okay. You would help me remember what's important. And that helped me so much. Oh. I can't even tell you how much that helped me. That makes me so happy to hear you say that. Yeah. Because you know, I played your mother. Exactly. And I am a mother. Yeah. And my maternal instincts are huge. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and- you were you were like my mother backstage. Truly. You oh. you you were always, you know, well, you were always Sydney- you were so young when we started working on that show together. I mean, you were nine years old, right? Weren't you? Yeah, I had just turned nine, yeah. And you were so young, and it was, there. you had to deal with so much during the course of that long journey that we went on, where that, and years that are really formative years for any person, you know? Go moving out of childhood into adolescence, early adolescence, right. and it's, you know, that you were, you had a lot on your tiny shoulders back then, you know, and it was, you know, it was a new show. It wasn't just that you were, you know, partly carrying a show. It was that it was new and, and that's challenge for anyone, no matter how old or experienced, when new things are being thrown at you all the time. And it, it's, it was a lot and you dealt with it with such maturity and grace. Thank it was astonishing, you. but you know, I know when I get in, you know, overly anxious or worried or depressed or whatever during the course of a, of, of, you know, developing a show, I have more, you know, as I've gotten older, I've developed more resources to deal with that. When you're nine or Dan, you don't, haven't developed those resources yet. You know, Mm. there are things you learn as you do, you know. I'll, so. I'll tell you what, though, like you were the most incredible role model for that. And um, and, you know, you you are just I mean, you you had so much experience in theater. You like you said, you you built up those tools and those resources. And um, I wanted to know what kind of things have you learned over the years to make sure you continue to stay like healthy and happy while performing? Ah, well, I think there's lots of things and and different things in different parts of my life, you Mm. know. Um, I would say as I got older, you know, having 
you know, my family, my friends, my personal private life are essential to me. And I think you have to tend to the, to the, to that, that, and those Mm -hmm. things and those people, because they're what keep you grounded and, you know, showbiz doesn't always go well, but you always want to have a home to come home to that's happy and healthy and right. Right. Yeah. And also just as far as the work goes, I I think that having that too, and having other things that you're interested in and passionate about too in your life, when you're challenged by your work life, you have those things to keep you in balance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And also, I think just as the work goes, I think you have to learn how to trust yourself and trust your own instincts when you come up against challenging situations. Um, I and you learn how to depend on the people around you who you trust, mm-hmm. you know, to keep you sane. Yeah, <laughs> you Truly. know. And you and you do have to take care of your body, and you have to take care of your um, your sense of well being. You know, yeah, otherwise true. you're just no good in the rehearsal room or on stage. Yeah, mm. that's so true. I mean, if you it's it's people some people don't realize like how important taking how how much your health can affect your performance. It's mm-hmm. it's it's such an integral part of of one's performance, and. And, you know, you not only taught me from that, you know, personal level, taking care of yourself, and you were always someone that I I trusted to go to and and just give me that advice. But, man, working alongside you and Michael, like, every day, and just... (laughs) Just watching you and working with you, it was like a literal mastery class, day in (laughs) and day out. And, um, I mean... Be, being the the phenomenal actors that you are, that you two are, I mean, watch, watching you and working with you was invaluable to me, and it helped me as a person grow so much. And I also I wanted to know, was there anyone in your career who acted as that mentor figure to you um, that helped you grow as an artist? Well, you know, I feel incredibly, well, first of all, thank you for saying that. Um, (laughs) I feel incredibly lucky because all throughout my career, I have worked with actors and directors who have taught me so, so much. Mm -hmm. And I I had an acting teacher when I first moved to New York, when I was in my early 20s. And um, he was a wonderful man named John Sticks, who's no longer with us. Um, he was a teacher at Juilliard and he taught this class privately and I took his class and he, at one point I was going to, um, I I was applying to graduate schools for acting Mm -hmm. and I was in this, the middle of this decision about what school to go to, whether to go to school. And I got offered a job and Mm -hmm. I said to him, what should I do? Should I take this job or should I go back to school? And he said, you know, work. No, I I, I never will know what it would have been like, my career would have been like, had I gone back to school? There's part of me that wishes I had. But But the thing that he said to me that was so invaluable was he said, make the rehearsal room your classroom. Wow. And I really took that to heart. And 
you know, I, as I said, I was just really lucky. I mean, early on in my career, I got to work with incredible directors like Trevor Nunn and Wilfred Leach. And I worked with actors like Betty Buckley and um, Howard McGillan and uh, Joe Grafazzi. And I'm thinking of like this, the first Broadway shows I did. I worked with the, with Teresa Stratus and Larry Curtin. I mean, I've worked with all these incredible, incredible people who all came at the work from different places um, in terms of their own technique and experience and brought something different to it and were all had their own kind of excellence. And so I really, really paid attention. I mean, my, my first, what my first big show in New York was the mystery of Edwin Brood, which was at, um, in, we did it in the park at the Delacorte in the mm-hmm. summer, and then it moved to Broadway. It was my first Broadway show. And I understudied Betty Buckley and Power, Patty Cohenauer. So wow. I sat in on every rehearsal That's and watched. So-, so, you know, that cast was a cast of superstars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just watching all of them was incredible. It was incredible. Isn't so it wow. very lucky. Doesn't the, doesn't the audience decide who did yes. it? Yes. And then don't you have to have like all these pre-planned sings? Uh, sing well, there were every, you know, they decided who the murderer was and they decided there was a, a mystery man who shows up in the second act and they had to <laughs> decide who they thought that was because it, it was a, sort of apparent that that was one of the other characters in disguise. It was someone in disguise. So they... Um, they voted on who that was and who the murderer was. And there was a song. Each principal had a song. If they were chosen, they had to sing that song. Wow, oh that's goodness. so cool. I mean, so can you I'll, imagine having to, um, to – how do you – I can't even I, – I mean, well, you I'll don't, tell you a story. Please. Because I – as I said, I understudied those two characters and they yeah. were completely different. I mean, Patty played the soprano ingenue and Betty played the belty, you know, leading lady. And um, I, <laughs> I, I never went on when we were in the park. Um, and, and in fact, I almost went on for Betty, but it, it rained the night she called in. Oh, Rick, no. So we didn't oh go on. no. Wait, so in the park it was outdoors? That's yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. Delacorte, yeah. Um, and so our I think our second or third preview on Broadway, and, and there would have been changes in the show and it was restaged for, for Broadway and all of that. I hadn't had any understudy rehearsals yet. And um Gosh. that I think was our second or third preview. It was half hour, and I was all dressed in my chorus costume because I was so excited yeah. to be on Broadway. <laughs> and uh, oh no no wait no that was a different story sorry I'm getting my stories mixed up no I that it was our second or third preview and I got a call in the afternoon about two or three in the afternoon the patty was out that night oh my gosh and he, they said get in here we have to fit you in her costumes and we oh have to do God. a put in rehearsal. Uh. So I went in, I did my put in, everyone was, the whole company was so great and so supportive and they were really great throughout the show of sort of making sure I knew where to go and what to do. And then we got to when the audience voted and I thought, oh my God, I'm done because no one's going to vote for me, the understudy. <laughs> and and there was a moment when everybody held up their, the, held up a number and that's how the audience voted. Right. 
And oh, then, wow. and all, of course, ev- all the principals would stand in the front of the stage and sort of flirt with the audience, try and get them to vote for them. <laughs> yeah. And then at the end of the voting, everyone filed off stage left and handed their number to the stage manager. And that stage manager would tell the person if they were voted the murderer. And, um, oh my God. <laughs> anyway, so I handed over my number Oh, and, and the, Rosa Bud, that character I was playing, um, uh, had to go right back on stage. So I handed my number and the stage manager said, it's you. No and way. I said, ha ha, very funny. I thought they were playing a joke on me. And they said, no, 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 it's you. Oh my God. And I just panicked because, you know, I had to learn two tracks, big oh ones. Oh my God. And so I always sort of thought I'm going to, that was going to be the last thing I was really going to focus on. Right. Anyway, the next thing I knew I was being, you know, put a hat and a shawl were being put on me and I was being shoved back out on stage to listen to the great, late, great Cleo Lane sing this beautiful song. And I sat at her feet looking up at her thinking, oh my God, what are the lyrics to those, that song? Oh, <laughs> oh no. And somehow I managed to get through it because I don't have any memory of it, but nobody told me I didn't get through it. So <laughs> I think there you I go. Did. That's all that matters. Show must go on. Dude, I freak. I can't even, I mean, because there's so many different like possible outcomes and you have yeah. to prepare for every single one of those outcomes. That's well, insane. Really, there's, only the one, there's only the one outcome. You have to learn your the murderer song. And actually oh, I'm realizing right. that the mystery man was actually the the one that Betty played. So as her understudy, I had to learn that song as oh. well. Anyway, oh my gosh. it's all, um, it's all, it's crazy. It's crazy. That was That's a very amazing. long story. Sorry. No, <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> it's true though. I mean, like I've worked with like Kelsey Grammer and Dan Loria and Matthew Morrison and like all these people. And it's so true that like, I love what you said about making your rehearsal room, the classroom like that yep. is something that like really was like, okay. wow. Cause it's so true. Like, I mean, you're with like the people that are already in the industry. Like you right. can't learn from anybody better. And um, by the way, that, that should be your motto for your entire career. I still feel mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt that Absolutely. way when we, we were rehearsing fun home. I mean, yeah. there were, a lot of people to learn from in that room, you know? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, and that's been the fun thing about this. You know, you can never stop learning. So, like, talking to people like you helps us learn and just, like, teaches us so much. So it's been awesome to, like, hear that from you is just really cool. I'm Um, I'm remembering something that Beth said in her episode, your uh, wonderful solo, Days and Days and Fun Home. Mm-hmm. Was that that wasn't that wasn't always you were you were part of the show from pretty early on, um, but that wasn't always part of the show. I did they give well, it to you when I the first reading that mm-hmm. I did, which Beth was also a part of. I think she and I were the only ones who wound up doing the show who were in, in part of that reading. Oh, wow. Um, there was uh, it this the, the Helen was not on the page very much there was a lot of stuff they were still figuring out and Mm. there but there was that scene you know between medium allison and helen yeah not not it i think a lot of it was what wound up being in the show but was probably a little different i don't remember and then after the speech or whatever the speech was when i revealed to to uh, medium allison about bruce I 
it said song to come. They knew there was going to be oh. a song there, but they hadn't written it yet. Mm. And at the end of our two, you know, it, every day I would go, Janine, have you written that song yet? <laughs> and then about two days before our final presentation, she came running in with this and said, I have the song. And she sat, down at the, she sat down at the piano and played it for me. And I thought, wow, that was worth waiting for. Oh, yeah. And, and was it pretty played. much the same song? Hmm? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, it so never it, changed. It never changed. No. Oh, my. That's awesome. We made one tweak when the writing because there was one lyric that didn't scan very well. And mm. Lisa just like changed the wording a little bit. But otherwise, it didn't change. Wow. That's so rare. That's really yeah. fascinating. And now for a brief intermission to get a beverage, go to the bathroom, whatever you need. After all, we are at the theater. Well, our home theaters. But you get to gist. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So leading up to, you know, COVID and all of that <laughs> craziness that we're living in today, um, you were actually going to be in the off-Broadway production of Assassins. Yes, um, yes. Did you, by chance, like start that process? Oh, or no, like we two weeks into rehearsal. Oh, my God. Yeah, so yeah, what yeah. was that like? You're in rehearsal and then you hear that you it's just not going to happen? Well, it's funny because, you know... <laughs> We were just, um, well, it is going to happen, by the way. Oh, great. Classic Stage is planning to reopen the theater with that production. It's just a matter of- Oh, good. Good. Um, And like all nonprofit theaters in New York, everybody's trying to figure out how to keep, sustain the theater until they they can reopen their doors. Right. Um, You know, from the, I think from the very first day of rehearsal, there was a sense of like something is coming that's not very good. Mm. And, um, you know, there was just talk of like, how is this, there is this virus out there and is it going to affect us, the city? Mm. Is it going to affect theaters? Because I think, you know, you know that if there's a contagion, being in a theater is not the best place to be. Yeah. So, um, you know, we were continuing to listen to the news and stuff. It was the second week of rehearsal that really became apparent that something was going to happen. I remember the day, it was the Thursday before we stopped that Broadway shut down. And they hadn't said anything about off-Broadway. And there was Mm. of pushing the first performance off by two or three weeks and then rehearsing in a limited way so that not everybody had to come in every day that we could, he could 
work with two or three people at a time and maybe we'd come in once or twice a week, you know. But then, of course, by Monday, we left on that Friday or Saturday thinking we were going to see each other the following week. And then Monday they closed off Broadway and that was that. Oh, wow. Wow. So it was painful, but they're very committed to it. And the, the other wonderful thing about it is that it was sold out. They were about to yeah. another extension and only 5% of ticket holders asked for their money back. Oh, wow. There's a whole wow. lot of people out there are hanging on to those tickets because they're determined to see the show. So of course. They, the I mean, that cast is unbelievable. It is a great cast. And I'm telling you, it was a, such a fun room. To talk about a room you can live Oh, from. I bet. It was a fun room to be in. Are you doing it with Zell? Zell still tomorrow? Yes, Zell is going to be my son again. Oh, I, I love that. <laughs> small world. I mean, one tiny scene, you know, when he comes on stage, when I'm about to try to kill the president and he comes on stage asking for money for ice cream. Oh, nice. I'm trying to get rid of him. <laughs> That's so funny. You know, hopefully he won't get too tall between now and whenever we... <laughs> oh, I didn't even so think tiny. of that. I, that is that is a, a, a thing with um, child actors. Child actors. Yes, it is. As we know from experience. <laughs> we, we know. <laughs> um He's tiny though. I, he'll he'll he's pretty tiny. Yeah, he'll he'll stay tiny. I, I hope that he will still be able to do it. But yeah, um, yeah. So there, you know, there, there are a lot of people holding on to tickets, and a lot of people who will want to buy tickets when the thing when we get back to work, whenever that is. Well, that's a good sign. Yeah, at least hopefully there's that be, to look forward to. Hopefully, it'll be next fall. That's my hope. You know, I yeah. mean, it all yeah. depends on the vaccine because no one's going to go back to the theater until vac- the vaccine is widespread. Yeah. Right. And so. working. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so obviously, like, you've done a lot of productions here in New York, uh, but you've also done uh, productions in London and at, at the West End. So we've never actually talked about West End on the mm-hmm. podcast. So Cindy and I are, are very curious. I'm not sure about our listeners. Um, but would you say there's a large difference between the two um i know you were in a production of fiddler on the roof in the west end and you actually did it on broadway so was there any difference in that production like well the (laughs) were totally different um but the i mean the the production that i did in london didn't start in the west end it started at a little tiny theater called the menier chocolate factory Mm. oh wow and it is um uh, add up. Let's see how many. You know, I can't remember how many people are in there. Hundred, two, mm. two hundred, hundred. A tiny theater. Mm-hmm. So okay. It was the production was incredibly intimate, very real feeling. You know, Trevor Nunn's concept was he wanted to feel like a real people live in a real village, and that the audience was in the village with us. Mm-hmm. It, we did it in three quarters. There was a well that you pumped and water came out, you know. Wow, that's so cool. Back in their houses. And so it was very, it was, there was a, it had a texture to it that was very unusual. And I'd never seen in a production of Fiddler. So when we moved to the West End, um, uh, they try, you know, obviously it's big theater. Um, They tried to maintain that sense of intimacy by, they put, um, 
audience in the boxes on stage. They brought the no way out into the audience. They built a walkway through the audience. So people were walking through the audience all the time. And um, so it really did maintain its intimacy, which was great. Right. But I, I would, you know, it's hard to say exactly what the difference is. Um, there is a cultural difference. I think there's yes. a much deeper tradition of theater going in London. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Economics are different. So more, I, I, I would say audiences are more diverse in, in every way across generations, genders, um, races, cultures, because it's more, more, more affordable. Mm. Um, you know, the, 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 what we co- would call off-Broadway theaters here, the, the, the resident companies there do all kinds of different work. I, I just, just, it feels a little bit more like going to the movies in a way. Oh, okay. You go there, you go to, the way people go to the theater there. You know, you can see a production at the Old Vic for 20 pounds. Wow. Whoa. And you're seeing some of the best theater in the world, you know, yeah. for much, because the theater's there, and this isn't the West End. The West End is commercial like Broadway is. Mm-hmm. But um, the non-profit, whatever, I, don't, I guess, what do they call that? I, I don't know, whatever. They're, they're subsidized by the government. Mm-hmm. So they can ha- afford to have low ticket prices. Right. So that just builds theater going into the culture, which That's... I wish we had here, but we don't. Yeah. It's so interesting. Are are the are the vibes of the audience different? Like do they get like do you find that in New York certain people like the audiences get certain jokes and maybe uh, in <laughs> I think the audiences tend to be maybe more they're a little maybe quieter in london like they're not oh okay feel um less you know americans are louder yeah americans (laughs) are but they're also incredibly respectful yeah very what you know there's a they're also very discerning you know, in, on Broadway, it's like everybody has to give a standing ovation to every show. You don't get standing ovations in London oh. unless they they really mean it when they unless- stand up for you. Oh, and wow. that, it just makes it that much more special then. Yeah, exactly. It has meaning. You know, you really mm-hmm. can tell. And, and so if you don't get one, it doesn't mean the audience didn't like it. It just, you know, there. It's just, it's just a that is a different vibe. I would sure. say. Sure, it's so interesting. I I saw like two productions at the West End, and the it was so interesting because the audiences when for, in Broadway when audiences are getting to their seats, we move like pretty quickly. Like we're we're like <laughs> get to your seat, let go to the get, and we like run everywhere. In London, it was so interesting because everyone moved extremely slow and well, so it's, also, it's yeah. a very social thing in london too mm. and the bar you know people go to the bar yeah and they get a drink or they'll go to the bar and they'll order a drink for the intermission oh so so it's a it becomes a social thing as well sure real theater goers there you know yeah. So I th- I think the West End is also more there's 
it, the West End, you know, Broadway used to be this way, you know, in before our time, Sydney and Eli. Um, <laughs> you know, there used to be an Arthur Miller player, a Tennessee Williams play on Broadway every year. There used to be a Sondheim musical every year, you know, like, or a right. Kendra Ebb musical every year. It's so, and now Broadway has become more commercial and more corporate. And it's, you know, a, a new play on Broadway is a big deal. And it usually comes from a regional theater, an off-Broadway theater. Whereas more, I think there's more, um, there's more produced for the West End theaters that are, you wouldn't think of as commercial productions, but... There, for example, when I was there, and this was one of the most some of the most exciting theater I've seen in recent years, they did. Um, there, there's a theater named for Harold Pinter mm-hmm. at the Pinter. They did an entire season of every single Pinter play. Wow! Not not every sorry, every single one act Pinter. Oh, oh okay. Wow! Even still, that's most impressive. Incredible actors. And it was a season long thing. I saw a lot of them and they were incredible. And it was like, you know, it was the West End. It's you, I can't imagine anything like that happening on Broadway. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. <laughs> just so true. And they were full, you know, every time I went, it was the audience, was, it was packed. Right, right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely, it, it's, it's definitely a different, um, like you said, wait, they're they're real like theater goers, and they 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 I I feel like they take it very seriously. Yep. Yeah. But it's baked into the culture there. Sure. Yeah, um, but that's like that's incredible. Like I wish they had that here. Not even just New York, like everywhere, like in Texas, like <laughs> please get it like somewhere that like needs that stuff. You know, right? There's a lot of states here that do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but oh well, maybe one day when we become president, <laughs> I, right? I mean, that, and that said, I think the theater scene in New York is fantastic, and I think yeah. we're yeah. In, a, in a golden age of playwriting. I mean, I think mm-hmm. the voices that we're hearing in the theater right now, not necessarily on Broadway, but in regional theaters and off-Broadway theaters, I think it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of voices, um, that was the perfect transition. Um, you have the voice of an angel. I mean, oh, we know that. Um, so do you, is there anything that you do or like, just like, what do you do to like keep your voice healthy and in shape, you know, or is like, especially like now, like, you know, there's, we can't be singing on stage every night. So like, right. how do you like condition it? I wish I could tell you that I've been disciplined <laughs> about keeping my voice in shape, but I have not. And often I think to myself, you ain't, you ain't getting any younger. You better be singing every day or at least yeah. several days a week. Keep your voice in shape, but I'm not. Oh. But fortunately, I have had excellent vocal training. And I think, you know, training is key to anything mm-hmm. that you want to keep in shape. Right. Um, and that sort of has gotten me through, mm. you know, I try to always go back to technique, but right. I mean, in terms of just keeping yourself, you know, like we said before, you've got to keep your body healthy and you got to sleep sure. and you got to drink a lot of water. Yeah. Yeah. Voice healthy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, in- it's interesting. Cause like literally your vocal cords and your voice is a muscle, you yeah. know, like, and you just like, 
you i mean sure you can condition it and stuff like that but at the end of the day like it does come down to like technique and just like making sure you get older it just like any other muscle it gets you know gets tired more easily and you know it changes and you you have to you know accept that and you have to keep in shape sometimes i forget that it's a muscle sometimes i'm just like I I won't sing for a while, and I'll be like, "Why do I sound like this?" I'm singing. <laughs> well, I'm working what, it out. <laughs> yeah, and it's like when you lift things, you know, like you have to use several muscles. So keeping your body healthy and your muscles in your body right. going will only help your voice. So it's inter- like I, that's why I made that connection because you were saying, you know, just keep your body in right. can shape. You know. Okay, yeah. you guys have now like inspired me to like start okay <laughs> again because you know gotta keep it in shape Honestly. it's the least we can do you inspire <laughs> us so <laughs> uh, it does diet hard if i don't have like something that i'm learning or a, some you know a concert or a show oh. or something that I, a goal a specific goal like i have to be ready for that it's hard for me to maintain that do you I find have. diet yeah, like motivate do you find diet affects your voice at all um, you know, I haven't made any of that, those connections. I know it does for some people, but I haven't noticed it doing for me. I, I really want to know this. Do you still mm-hmm. get nervous for performances? You oh, do? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We, we, especially for concerts. When I have to go uh, on stage for a concert. Oh, that was the segue. I Sorry. get so nervous. I'm I'm much better now than I used to be when I first started doing concerts. Mm. When I first started doing concerts, I got actually claustrophobic. Like I thought, how oh, can wow. I get out of this? I can't get out of this. Um, and then usually once I was on stage, I was fine. I would say, I would go, oh, I know exactly what I need to do. So I'm fine. Mm. But um, but yeah, I get very nervous, especially for concerts. For you know, for shows, I I tend to get nervous for first previews, opening nights, you know, or when there's someone that I care about who I know is coming to see the show, you know, things like sure. that. Once I'm in a routine of a show, I don't get as, I don't usually get so nervous. But it also depends on the show, True. you know, and what the demands are and how confident I am about what I'm doing or, you know, but yeah, but that, nerve, but nerves are good though. Cause nerves, yeah. mean that was you, something you taught me. You were yeah. the first person to ever tell me that nerves mean, first of all, it means that you care. Yeah. You know, and you really want to care about your work and doing good work. They also help. They're, they're useful in that they, they give you adrenaline and they help you focus yeah so mm. they only become unuseful when they get in your way of doing your work you know yeah but i think they that nerves are good it's sometimes you know the worst performances are when you're not nervous and you're it feels either routine or or you don't care yeah. you know and then mm. that's when you lose your concentration or you just don't do your best work Honestly, that makes right. me feel better. It always makes me feel better when I when I hear like someone else speak about those things. Like, yeah, yeah, I still get nervous. Yeah, it makes me feel part of what we do, and you and the the technique is. I mean, that's where technique comes in because te- you need your technique 
to make it so that nerves don't interfere with what you need to do, keep you from yeah. being able to breathe or being able to concentrate mm. or listen or, you know, all of those things that you need to do when you go on stage. Sure. I think you were one of the first people actually to ever tell me um, that I remember that I actually soaked it in that that nerves were good. And <laughs> I don't know why. I just I always every time I remember thinking that before the Tony Award performance, I remember thinking I was going in between something Michael told me, something Emily told me and something you told me. You 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 said you said nerves are good. It means you care. I think Emily said something like literally right before I went backstage, she said, um, turn nerves and excitement are the same thing. It's just right. how you perceive them. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, Michael was with me backstage, so he was kind of putting up with my, <laughs> <laughs> my energy anyway. Um, but I mean, that, it really stuck with me when, when, when you would. When you were performing on live television. How could you not be nervous? Only a fool would not be nervous. Yeah. <laughs> there's a difference between nerves and fear. Mm. Yes. You know? True. And True. I think that. And sometimes they can feel like the same thing. And I think that's what, when I said it made me feel claustrophobic, I think that was fear. And yeah. when I went on stage, I didn't have the fear anymore because I knew that I, I, I knew what I was doing. I was rehearsed. Yeah. I have technique. I have something to say. Wow. You know, all so of those things. And then I may still feel the nerves, but the fear is gone. The fear is gone. You know? We're just going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back with Act Two. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We have to know, this is literally everyone's favorite question to hear about and ask. Um, you know, you have, you've had a special career. Um, you've had one of the biggest and like just most experienced that, of who we've had on the podcast. Um, so we want to know what was the most memorable stage mishap in your career? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure you have countless. So I'm oh sure it's going to be hard to pick. So many, and I won't include the one where I where Sydney almost fell through the stage because oh, no. that would be maybe the worst 
almost mishap. Fortunately, it didn't turn into the mishap it could have been. True. Uh, that true. was terrifying. It was a um, bit, oh yeah. Um, so I, but, um, I would say, uh, oh God, there have been so many. I know. I, um, um, we stumped you. Okay. I, when I was doing Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles, I was off stage. Um, I was having a conversation actually with my dear departed beloved father. Mm. who uh, I I never had conf, you know fights with and he mm-hmm. um said something I don't know it was annoying to me and I got a little upset and I said dad I'm I I'm I'm going to have to go on stage in a minute I'm going to have to call you back so I said goodbye and I hung up the phone and that was when we were had phones that were attached to the wall you know <laughs> um and uh I went into the wings to await my next entrance, but in my brain, I was going over the conversation I had and you know how you do that. And you think, you know, I should have said this, or I'm going to say that. And And all of a sudden it was got very quiet on stage and I was looking around. I was like, Oh my God, what happened? What happened out there? And suddenly I realized I was supposed to be out there. (gasps) No. I just, I went on stage and because that part of the show was kind of through composed, you know, with speaking and singing, I had to Mm -hmm. figure out where in the scene we were. (gasps) No way. And I remember Alan Campbell, who played Joe Gillis, looked at me like, nice of you to join us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. And that maybe wasn't actually the worst, craziest mishap, but it was one that came into my head. It was one that I Did- I was responsible for. <laughs> was your one, mic on? It's one thing to be, you know, in your dressing room and realize, oh my God, I'm off. I'm I should be on stage. But I was actually ready for my ready. <laughs> oh my gosh. So wait, was your were you was your mic on when you were on the phone, or that was already done? No, 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 no. I I was heard my you know I was like heard the cue to go to the wing, okay. to get ready for my entrance. I was there in plenty of time. I oh just was gosh. so distracted by the thoughts in my head that I wow. stopped listening to what was happening on stage. Have you ever that have you ever forgotten? Have you ever sung a song so much that it becomes autopilot? And so while you're singing it, you just, yeah. you think about, I don't know, you think about what groceries you need to pick up. That <laughs> night. And then once you come out of that, you, you are like, what, where, where, where am I in the song? Have you ever I, had that happen? Yes. Well, that happens, I think, all the time. And when you do a long run and there's muscle mm-hmm. memory involved that you start, going and that's to me the most terrifying thing that can happen on stage when you your brain goes away and you think you're thinking of something else while you're still doing your show and then you come back and you go oh my god like did i say all my lines did i sing all my lyrics yeah did anybody tell that i went away for a moment there did how how long did i go away for was it for (laughs) seconds or was it for a full minute i so true it's so true okay. yeah <laughs> but i think that happens to everyone i i, I think really uh, now, maybe mm. maybe there are people out there 
who are anyone who never happened to me anyone (laughs) who doesn't have that happen to them what is your secret like (laughs) i want to know because it's that's i mean it it's a given especially with long runs but you know what happens though when that when that does happen your your nerves you know your adrenaline and your nerves kick back in and then you go back to your focus Focus. so yeah listening and be you know paying attention (laughs) so true so judy you have as as we've established you've been literally nominated for so many awards you've won so many awards um not so many but (laughs) (laughs) you've you've won prestigious awards um i want to know if that does that ever get like old for you? Does does getting nominated for stuff, you know, because it, it's just oh. it, you get nominated for so many things. I'm just wondering it's, if, you know, <laughs> if that ever I, gets old. I find the whole award thing very complicated. Ah, you know, okay. listen, it's very exciting and very flattering when your work is given that kind of recognition. So it's not would be. What's the word? It, w- it wouldn't be completely honest if I didn't say I don't care about it because of course I care because everybody does mm-hmm. care. And but but at the same time, then th- then there's the complicated thing of like wanting to win an award, you know, mm. because I, I also feel like art should not be a competition. And who can right. say that one performance? or piece of writing deserves an award more than another one, you know? And so that to me is very complicated and I don't want to put too much value on it, but of course it's a great honor and it's exciting when you get that kind of recognition. Does that make sense? Yeah. Very well. You got to move on from it too. Win or lose or whatever. You just got to move on because that's not what we got into this game for. Exactly. exactly. And if it is what you got into the game for, uh, yeah, yeah, maybe you, might... you need to rethink your values. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but it totally makes sense. Like the fact that like you're getting that recognition. So, you know, like you feel good, you know, you're, you're obviously doing something right. And you're making other people like feel a type way and getting the story across but that like but it makes sense that you're like you know like i don't want to win it for me or anything like that you know because that's not what i'm here for i'm here for everyone else and there's so much especially these days i mean it's changed so much than when i was first starting out in this business what award Mm -hmm. season is and what all stuff is like it's changed so much and it's gotten to be kind of out of hand i think and Mm. i mean what, what we that what we went through those six weeks after we opened Fun Home on Broadway until the finally the night of the Tonys came was just it was a circus. I mean, it was just yeah. crazy. And I remember when you know my first Tony nomination was thrilling. We got invited to a brunch at Sardi's where we were given our certificates and the press was invited to take pictures of us. And we sat down, we had a nice lunch or brunch. And then they said, see you on Tony night. And that was it. That's it. And it was great. It was great. Wow. (laughs) That's awesome. There were other other award things, you know, the Outer Critics Circle Award. There were other things, but they were just little lunches and you showed up and you know, if you were nominated or presenting or whatever, or if someone invited you and you showed up and you had lunch and you 
it was nice. You saw other people in this wonderful community that we're a part of, but it wasn't all this hoo-ha and all the parties and all the so much press. And it's partly because of the internet and all the blogs and the, the, the websites and I don't know what, but you know, it's just a whole different, whole different thing. It is. It is a circus. <laughs> yeah. And the hair and makeup. And, the, and I remember when we finally got to Tony night, that fun home season, it's like, oh my God, finally the, tomorrow, this is all going to be over and we can just go back to doing our beautiful show. Yeah. Everyone mm. took a giant collective yeah. deep breath. Yes. Oh, <sighs> it's over. <laughs> it, it was fun though. It was fun. <laughs> I gotta say, it was it was it was like a roller coaster, but a fun roller coaster. Yes, yes, it was a roller coaster. <laughs> You've given such wonderful advice during this podcast, and um, as I've as I've already said, seriously, as I've already said, you, I mean, you're one of the the people in my life who's consistently given the most helpful, wonderful, and loving advice. Um, what advice would you give to someone who's either starting out in the business or those who are in the business but are like hard on themselves or get down on themselves? Oh, well, oh, get down on themselves. You know, I think keep, keep studying, keep learning, keep, you know, I think you have to look for you know, that's really hard question to answer because I think everybody is down on themselves for different, gets down on themselves for different reasons, sure. you know, sure. and you have to understand what's at the heart of that. that. And who do you look to, to, who do you look to for encouragement and guidance? And, you know, what are your, I, I think you have to be called clear about what your goals and expectations are. Sometimes people set their expectations too high. Um, sometimes people, you know, I think if you do things for the right reasons and you, and you put your attention on the right things, like not, I hope I get an award nomination, but what story am I mm-hmm. telling and what part, what part do I play in the fabric of this show? And so I can do my job the best that I can do it. And who in this room or that can I look t- towards for guidance and for help when I'm not sure, when I'm uncertain, whether it's a director or a scene partner or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think what, what can get you down are feeling e- either, as I said, the wrong expectations or hopes, <laughs> which often lead to disappointment. Or not knowing where you're, you know, what can hold you up in a situation, you know? Right. And to learn that, you know, there are going to be times when things are challenging and a struggle. And you just have to find where, what are your resources to help you through those times? Yeah. Absolutely. I could listen to you all day. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) We can't thank you enough for doing this. Um, oh, thank you for coming on. Oh, you're so kind to have me. And it's, it's just such a pleasure to chat with you, I have to say. It's, both of you. Same. It's been a pleasure meeting you. And I'm. it's been awesome to hear you guys like rekindle all the look back on the moments that you guys shared and everything like that. It's been awesome. I know. My little girl all grown up. Oh, yeah. Let's go get some time. I know. Let's. Please. I know.
I know. I would love that. I would too. What have you two done a show together? Is that how you know each other? So I did it with her brother. You did a show with my brother. Ah, yeah. What, what did you do? Christmas story. I did a Christmas story. Ah, okay. All right. Yeah, and we also know each other. Yeah, and then cool. oh, right, <laughs> and then we ended up going to school together, and and then we were both on Broadway at the same time, so that also right. like kids always hang out I guess um so yeah that helped and we just kept like growing ever since I did a show with her brother our relationship (laughs) what do you guys do when you're feeling down and discouraged Mm. oh you know what I I I I'm a I'm like a spiritual person by nature and Mm -hmm. I I I think I actually keep two on my phone at all times. I keep I keep two quotes on my um, <laughs> on my home screen. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is well. First of all, the motto that I live by is "Everything happens for a reason." So if something mm-hmm. hap- doesn't happen that I want to happen, I just I'm like, it's fine, it's fine. It everything happens for a reason. I'm not I'm not supposed to. It's not supposed to go that way. That's fine. Right. But um. I, the two quotes that I have that that I actually literally put on my phone after I didn't get an, an audition and I started getting down on myself um, and it kind of surprised me because I don't normally do that. Right. I put these two quotes on my phone. I put, sometimes things don't work out, not because you don't deserve it, but because you deserve so much more. And number two is just, I just like to look at it. It's, I accept all blessings, opportunities, goodness, love, prosperity, and light into my life. Um, and I just, I don't know. I keep, I keep those in mind. I, I, I just, I trust in the process. I, I trust right. in myself. I trust in, uh, I don't know, whatever happens. I, 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 you know, f- I do what I can. I always put my best foot forward. Um, but I trust is a, is a big right. thing. Yeah. Because in our business, particularly, there's so much you can't, you have no control over. Exactly. So all Absolutely. you take care of are the things you do have control over. Exactly. Right. I And yeah. that's my big thing, too, because, like, I get into my head all the time, especially ever since my voice changed, you know, and, like, I feel like the biggest thing for right. me is that, like, j- just stop thinking, you know, right. like, clear your head, just, like, find those sources that meditate you and your right. brain and all of those things and get back in touch with why you are doing what you're doing, why right. you love it, and just enjoy it because like this is fun like our job is literally to have fun and like if you're not then you have to like reevaluate yourself you know so well you're both very wise young people oh thank you from you (laughs) there you go oh you're so sweet i i have like in my brain i must have a file cabinet a filing cabinet of all of the pieces of information or advice you've ever like given me i can't believe i did that much (laughs) you did though oh my gosh you did i i uh, a lot i i mean (laughs) you you you've just given me so much i'm so happy to hear that it just makes me really happy to hear that yeah I'm really grateful for everything you've taught me. Love you, Judy. Love you, too. <laughs> Take a bow, Judy Kuhn. Hey. Oh, wow. She is so, like you said in the beginning, she is just a book of knowledge. She has mm-hmm. so much incredible advice. 
and um, just she's done so much in her career and uh, literally learning from her not only from like I've learned new stuff from this interview but like from the years that I've worked with her I the 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 time that I spent with her has been truly like invaluable and she is such a queen (laughs) and and, um it's so cool she touched on the west end because we hadn't talked about that before in the podcast yeah uh she was she was great I mean just the fact that like she's a Disney princess like we've talked about like Disney people in the parks and stuff and now we like actually interviewed a Disney princess the voice of it like I I was like wow this is all coming full circle um and then yeah just like the things that she said about just nerves and it's just another way of excitement um I thought that was like incredible and like just a positive outlook on a negative quote a quote unquote negative thing that uh is looked at i guess because you look at nerves as like a negative i guess or i do at least um yeah so so just like having that point of view would kind of like calm me down and i was like wow i, I could really use that uh, and there was just like so many great things that she said that i i'm you know i'm gonna carry with me so hopefully you guys learned some stuff about it too uh yeah so during the interview uh (laughs) she had this incredible onstage mishap um that she was literally so prepared and just so ready to go on um and unfortunately she was just in a zone in a daze um so she mentioned that she was waiting in the wings so we figured that that could be our word of the day because maybe not everybody knows what the wings are so sydney do you want to take it away and explain what wings are <laughs> it's so funny because the only broadway show i've ever been in was literally circle in the square which oh, doesn't actually shoot. have any wings it has like voms which are mm. different because the backstage is legitimately underneath the audience um at least so wait the what's the vom then what's a vom and then i'll explain <laughs> the wings so a vom i i don't i don't even know if it's specific to uh, uh, an in the round theater. If you don't know what an, an a, a theater in the round means, it literally means a, a a theater where the audience is circling the stage. So when the actors mm. go on to the stage, there's audience all around them. It's not a proscenium theater where the audience is just in front of them. So the fourth wall is technically all around the audience, yeah. all around the <laughs> the stage. Um, and the voms were, uh. It's funny because technically there isn't an upstage or downstage in a circle in the square in a in a in the round theater, but I there we we I'm pretty sure we labeled them the upstage and the downstage voms and the voms were the basic the places that that the actors exited when we went off stage or also we went on when we were going on stage, um, and these voms were located literally underneath the audience so we would kind of have to go through and underneath the audience to go backstage so it's it's funny because whenever we were waiting backstage we would always have to be careful because audience was literally right above us so yeah those are bombs (laughs) yeah so interestingly enough voms are practically on stage wings yeah so um the wings are literally the second that the audience can't see you anymore. Um, you're practically in the wings because you're off stage, and so there's like this little. Um, usually, there's like 
three wings, but there could be more. That's like the minimum, I guess, three wings um, on each side of the stage. And it's and it helps when like you're in rehearsal or not, because you're like, oh, um, if I go upstage, then I go to wing one. And if I'm entering midstage, I'm in wing two. And if I'm in wing three, then it's, uh, oh, shoot, I just twisted that um if you are going in the downstage are you, if you're entering downstage you're in wing one if you're mid uh mid stage uh, i guess you call it um center stage that's it yes, um yes, yes. you're in wing two and then wing three you're in upstage uh so it's just like it helps with traffic and stuff like that and it's, it's also very key for yeah set they're, pieces they're on, like path, they're almost like pathways onto the stage they're separated by normally are they separated by like curtains normally yes well they're either separated by like curtains or like the board like um, um i don't know like what they're called but like yeah it's just like a board i guess of like a set wall i guess you could call it yeah um so so when you think of wings you don't think when you when an actor's going off stage it isn't just this giant open pathway for them they have it separated so they can pretty much go off in three different ways i guess right and they're not wings that like were flying off stage or anything <laughs> like that either um just just to make that reference I clear i know right that'd be so cool <laughs> Um, but no, no, none of us are birds in the future. Um, so, so yeah. Um, so we have a couple Broadway, I guess, has a few things that we can look forward to. Um, so we're super excited about that. So not only do you have, uh, take a bow Thursdays this week or whenever day you listen to it, uh, you also have, uh, tonight, the day that we are recording this intro and outro, uh, and, it's actually Wednesday, December 9th, is The Grinch Live, starring Matthew Morrison and Boo Boo Stewart and a few other big names that uh, that's going to be in it. So you can look forward to that. On Friday, The Prom comes out on Netflix. Yes, the live version of The Prom is going to be on Netflix, and it has a star-studded cast. It has Meryl Streep. It has James Corden. It has, like, everyone you can think of. Um, and then tonight on on thursday uh december 10th there's this one night on broadway thing that's being hosted by tina fey and this one night on broadway is a bunch of uh shows that were on broadway before the pandemic hit are actually going to be performing one number no way uh yes so this is so exciting because like this is gonna give people an opportunity to perform again after not performing since like march or april um and it, it unfortunately not not all the shows could do it at the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Um, so literally, pretty much all the shows are going to do it on uh, tomorrow, which is technically tonight when you're listening to it, uh, December 10th. So keep an eye out for all of those fun things that will just bring Broadway to our house, uh, uh, more things from Broadway into our house. So no, yay. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, do you have anything else do you, you want to add? Do I have anything I want to add? Um, he, here's what I will say. Uh, take take about first of all, has some really exciting episodes coming up. Uh, so mm -hmm. stay tuned for that. We also have some exciting news coming up. So also stay tuned for that. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. 
yeah, I mean, I guess for the holiday seasons, you know, like people are just extra willing and we're very thankful for their time because we have some great guests coming up. And then we also have a few like promotional stuff coming up. So we're very excited and keep an eye out on that and we'll keep you all updated. So yay. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much. And thank you, Judy Kuhn, for coming on. I love you endlessly. Um, I hope you all like the episode. Okay, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. And thank you so much, Judy, for coming on. I love you endlessly. Um, and we hope you liked the episode. See you next week. <laughs> Sick beat, am I right? For our curtain call, we wanted to give a few special thank yous to Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon for our amazing music, Giselle Bustos for designing our logo, and Tessie Tokash and Sydney Lucas for editing our episodes. Feel free to subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you are currently listening to us from. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the help of Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Brittany Bigelow, and Katie Rosen at the Broadway Podcast Network, as well as our top patrons, Henry Friedman, Brian Thompson, PCC, and Patrick McNamara. Speaking of, if you enjoyed this week's episode of Take a Bow, go check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash TAB and become a patron today. Through our Patreon, you will form a relationship with us and get an inside look on what goes into this podcast. To learn more about this podcast, visit bpn.fm forward slash take a bow and follow us on Instagram at take a bow podcast where you can contact us with any feedback, suggestions or questions and keep up with all things take a bow. See you next week. Bye, everyone. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.